I love the January meeting because it's always appropriate time to talk about being open for business in the new year. And um, we're going to talk about some things like budgets, some macro elements and some micro elements in your business as a real estate professional and things that sometimes we often overlook when we're self-employed. You know, we always want to go out and make the money, but a lot of times we're not good business people, uh, you know, as far as setting up our books the right way or, um, you know, keeping good, accurate record of your expenses and then really planning. You know, we, we just want to run and go and um, we really need to take time to uh, focus on our business and build our business, especially now before the spring season hits us. We have time now. Um, and I think this is going to be a good year. I think it's regardless of whether property values are tanking or not, um, people are always buying and always selling real estate. It's, you know, are we going to cry about it? Cry that the business isn't falling in our lap because the last couple of years hasn't been normal? Or are we going to realize that we're professionals, big boys and girls, we're in this business because we love it and we're full time at it and you know, we're, we're going to survive no matter what. So all these other agents may exit, but we want to make sure that we're positioned to do well in any market. I'll just make a note. If you guys are watching this online and you like a copy of this, uh, this, uh, this deck, uh, go ahead and email us and we'll be sure to send it out right away. So 22 in review. Uh, did you hit your income goal? And, and look, I've always said as a broker and a manager, it's not my job to tell you how much money you should make. You know, never will I do that. And, you know, when we talk about goal setting individually as agents, I want you to know what is it that you want to make? Because, again, it's not my job to tell you whether you should make more or not. But obviously, you're self-employed. This industry, you can make unlimited money, um, whatever your limitations are that you set for yourself. So did you hit your income goal in 2022? Um, hopefully you say yes. Uh, if you say no, then there's a reason for that. We don't set goals not to hit them. Maybe your goal is too much. Uh, maybe you didn't apply yourself the way that you should. Um, how many transactions have you had is the next question. In the real estate business, it's not really about the amount of each sale. It's not a matter of, you know, I only want to sell properties that are a half a million dollars or more. It's more important that you focus on the numbers because math is there, there's systems to working, um, you know, percentages and odds. And, you know, if you work on transactions more than minimum priced properties, it will all come out in the end and you'll do very well if you focus on the total of transactions. So how many buyers did you sell? How many sellers, you know, add those up. Um, and, you know, how many transactions did you do in 22? Another important question to ask in the beginning of January here is how many buyers are in your pipeline? How many sellers are in your pipeline? Because if you're coming into the year uh, and you're not a new agent, you've been a tenured agent, this number is very important because as you know, in the real estate business, um, you, it's all about banking your pipeline. Because you know a lot of people say you know they're hot, they're warm, they're cold. Um, obviously, you want to be showing properties or calling the hot, and you want to stay in touch with even the cold. We let things fall through the cracks. We don't stay in touch. We think they're cold, they're hot, or they're warm, whatever. 
So anyway, um, how many referrals did you receive? Here's another important question to ask yourself as a real estate agent, because we know that the basis of our business is referrals. You know, we whether it's from a client, whether it's from a lead, whether it's from a friend or family, uh, you know, you can take an account of how many referrals did you receive last year, uh, and we want to get that elevated. Uh, you know, chances are in the coming year. How many new referral partners did you make? And these are connections, right? Whether you went to a networking meeting or whether you picked up the phone or whether you met that great lender um, or whether you met that great contractor, referral partners are powerful in our industry because they're in, a lot of times they're talking to sellers or buyers and uh, they can send them to you. What valuable lessons did you learn? I learned a lot of valuable lessons this year. I don't know about you guys, but uh, you know, it's good to take an account of that, you know, take a, a note of what you learned this year that maybe you can apply. And how much time did you spend doing business development weekly? And, you know, sometimes we don't always get a chance to do it in the day. Uh, you know, we might want to, but we get busy and the day flies by. But once a week, you should definitely be doing some business development. And what slipped through the cracks? I just identified I had a sale, a big sale slipped through the cracks. 2023, I'm here for you guys to help you with this. What are your new income goals? How many transactions will you do? You should be confident in your what you want to do because that's the only way to do it, right? I mean, words are real and our thoughts are things. And we want to make sure that we're serious about what we, we don't want to lie to ourselves. <laughs> you start lying to yourself, it becomes a bad habit. Um, and we have a tendency to continue to lie to ourselves. Are you focused on listings or buyers? And I want to tell you, you know, a lot of times you guys say, I want to focus on both. It's kind of hard to split yourself. A lot of people think you list the last. That's true. You want to build listings up and, and be known as a listing agent. But most agents achieve that after years of selling to buyers. Because what happens is a buyer stays in a home and you know, we now know in the, in the United States about seven to nine years. So when you get to that critical point, to where you hit that seven to nine year mark in your business, it just happens automatically because they call you back if you do a good job and stay in touch with them and they call you back to sell their home. There's nothing wrong with being a buyer's agent. In fact, in a buyer's market, you want to be a buyer's agent, right? Because the listings right now, if you're not selling your listings, you're looked at as you're not doing something right, right? And the last thing you want to do is have the price conversation that a listing agent has to have with their seller saying, you need to drop your price. So, you know, be proud of the buyers. If, if buyers are what's making you the money, giving you the opportunity, embrace it. Start making your social media towards that, your postings towards your target audience. Um, if you want to get into farming and you want to get into doing more listing sales, I'm all about it. I'll help you with that, but just understand it's expensive. So, you know, uh, farming and sending postcards and doing the necessary things and to actively attack a listing business, it, it can be expensive. How many hours will you work each week? This is a big one, guys, because look, I have a little internal clock or saying that says, if I'm not hearing from my agents, you're not working. And that may be true. It may not be true. But to me, your broker manager, it's true. And when I look at whether we're communicating, whether you're calling me, asking me questions, and look, if you're an agent you know, listening online and your manager is the operator, 
you know, at the office, not your broker, and you're not calling your, your manager, there's a problem with that. And the reason is because you're not strategizing the way that you should. You're not working. You're not having interactions with buyers and sellers because if you did, you would want me involved. You would want your manager involved. And I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying that two heads are better than one. I mean, when I'm out, I'm still strategizing, you know, whether I'm calling Melissa or whoever it is that I'm calling and talking it through, trying to figure out the best approach. You know, how would you take this? How is this conversation? What's your read on this? Steel sharpened steel here, right? What's your marketing plan? I mean, this is what we're going to dive into a little bit now. Um, you know, there's advertising and then there's marketing. So advertising is, comes down to more of the money that you spend. You know, there is free advertising on social media, but marketing is more of the social media stuff, right? Not targeting, not strategizing, not placing print ads, you know, um, things like that, that you may decide to do when you get listings. And what are your important growth goals? And this, I'm not talking about financial goals. I'm not talking about how many buyers or sellers. I'm talking about what is it that you want to do as, a, as an agent? Uh, what are your growth goals? I mean, do you dream of wanting a team one day? Do you dream of wanting to open your own brokerage? Uh, you know, do you want to get a certain certification? Uh, do you want to be known for something different? Do you want to be a trainer, a speaker? Do you want a position in a real estate company? Um, you know, do you want to invest yourself? You know, is your goal to have multiple streams of passive income? You know, these are kind of the things that you need to ask for yourself when you're when we're moving forward. Again, January, it's a good time, even into February uh, in the real estate business. It's never too late to plan and to get on track. But if we can do this early in the year, uh, it's definitely better. Six steps to be open for business in 2023. Planning an annual budget, that's more like a macro thing. Some of you would be surprised if I asked you what your budget was, um, you would have no idea. If I asked you how, what was your fuel budget for your car or your mechanic budget you know, for repairs and maintenance to your car, you would have no idea. If I asked you, you know, what your client budget was, you know, do you stop by, do you see your clients, do you drop them off little things from time to time? Um, you know, uh, do you have a little pie party or something in the fall? Do you have a budget? Most agents would say, I have no budget. I fly by the seat of my pants. And really, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I look at my credit card statement and it either shocks me or I can afford it. Number two, establishing a target market. This is what we just talked about a little bit. Um, you know, who is your market? I know, you know, some of you want to go after more of the retirement age the, uh, the, the downsizers. Some of you want to be more of a first-time buyer. You like that. Uh, some of you want to be more of a listing agent and you want to target a, a specific neighborhood or area. Um, so really, you know, designing that marketing plan to your uh, goals and your objectives for your company, your business. And then number four, daily planning and implementation. Um, this is very important because you, if you're not planning the day, the day is planning you. And, you know, I like to be a little bit on top of the events that go on in my day. They're absolute things that I need. Um, and this time management program that you guys have, um, and for some of you just received that email this morning, this is going to help you shuffle that around uh, and prioritize your tasks. And then really it's going to help you when you implement planning. It's going to also tell you 
what can I do or what is better for me to delegate to? And whether you're delegating to us here at Saks or whether you're delegating, um, and a, a perfect example of this is if you know a sign needs to be installed in a listing, you're not going to go out and dig the hole yourself. At least I hope not. Right? You're going to call the sign company and delegate that to them. Um, I just had a, a, a listing called me up and said that in that wind last week, uh, my sign had broken and was dangling by one hook. And my first inclination was to get in my car, drive over there and fix it. And then my second inclination was, well, why don't I just call the sign company and tell them to do a work order, a repair order and have them fix it. And that's what I did. Again, you know, planning, knowing what's important, time management, you know, kind of gave me that, you know, wait a minute, this is a nickel holding up a dime here. I shouldn't be in the business of replacing sign panels when I can call the sign company to do so. Number five, tracking the results. You know, do you know what your results are? You know, do you know how many appointments you go on? Uh, do you know how many houses you show before your buyers say yes? Uh, do you know how many times you call people and leave messages? And do you know how many of them actually call you back? That's what we're talking about when we're saying tracking the results. Again, everything is math uh, in odds. And, you know, um, how many calls do you make before you set an appointment? I mean, there there's science to this, right? Um, you know, if you're knocking on doors, I remember back in my door-to-door -door sales day, if I was knocking on a door, my manager would, would always say, don't skip a door. Because if you do, you just messed up your odds, right? Because you're going to knock on so many doors before somebody opens a door, or you're going to knock, say, ask for the yes so many times before you get it, right? You get so many no's before you get a yes. So again, if you don't know what those results are, if you're not tracking them for yourself, you have no way of knowing whether you're getting better or not, right? And that should be our goal. Our goal should be, I mean, if we're going to work, our goal should be to get better, um, results, get better results. And then adjusting. Finally, number six, adjusting is necessary. You know, at what point do you say this isn't working? <laughs> at what point do you say this phrase that I'm using is making people mad at me? Or, you know, at what point do you say I'm focusing on all the wrong things and make adjustments uh, so that you can save the day. So we'll quickly just kind of go through these. Again, we're not going to touch on all this, uh, but I want this for you guys that you can do this later. Um, planning your budget. On the left column, you'll see fixed expenses. On the right column are cost of goods sold. And for those of you that aren't really savvy with this aspect of your business and you're relying on your accountant to do this for you, it's beneficial to at least have a clue of how you can assist your accountant for the end of the year and really how you'll better control and manage your business. So, you know, a lot of people don't realize that there are fixed expenses that no matter whether you sell a house or not, have a settlement or not, that don't go away, right? These are fixed costs. If you have a car payment and you need that car to sell houses, that's a fixed expense if you have a payment on it, especially, right? Because you can't call the bank up and say, well, I didn't sell any houses this month. So I can't make my monthly payment, right? So you understand that. Dues and memberships are fixed expenses, right? You have to pay that whether you sell a house or not. If you want MLS access, you have to pay your MLS fees, 
right? If you want to be a realtor and have anything, fees are not optional based on how much you sell, okay? The good thing is they're fixed so that you can sell as much as you want. And a lot of those fixed costs don't go up with the more that you sell. They don't go down with the least that, less that you sell. They don't adjust up the more you sell. Cost of goods sold are the exact opposite of that, right? These are things that are related to the amount of business that you do. You'll see on here gas. <laughs> well, if you don't have anybody to go show houses to, you still have to make that fixed car payment, but you don't have to go gas it up because you're not driving around necessarily, right? So you can go through this, kind of think about it a little bit. If there are things in here that you're not paying for, like housewarming parties, maybe something that we need to talk about that you should adjust in your business plan uh, because it's an amazing way. And I'll just tell you about that real quick. One of my favorite things to do now that COVID is over, I used to do it before, is have a housewarming party for my buyers, right? It's kind of cool because you say, hey, look, you just bought your house. I'm going to register you with Bed Bath & Beyond. It's free. And we're going to have a housewarming party for you. And you're going to give me all of the contact information of your family and friends that you want to come to your housewarming party. They will gladly oblige most of the time. They give you all their contacts. You get to reach out to them and say, hey, I'm a great agent. I just sold your friends or family, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, a new house. And we want to invite you to a housewarming party. Here's a registry. I'm bringing the food and the drinks. And all of a sudden, when I'm there early, set up, showing people as they come in their wonderful house, I can't tell you how many times somebody says, hey, you just helped. I need a house. I'm looking to buy. I'm looking to sell. I'm looking to this. I'm looking, oh, Todd's great. You're great. Housewarming parties, it's an expense. Um, again, it's a cost of goods sold. If you don't sell any houses to buyers, you're not going to have any housewarming parties. Uh, but it's something I highly recommend. And it is a business generator for those referrals that we talked about earlier. Establishing target market. Not going to dive into this so much, but this may be over some of your heads. If it is, you can dive into it and understand it. We'll just touch on it briefly. If you're working buyers or sellers in an established area or market, and what I mean by that is agents may, whether you're a listing agent or a buyer's agent, you may say, I'm only going to work in a specific county because it doesn't make sense for me in my time management and I'm busy to go to another county. So you may even decide that you're going to focus on certain neighborhoods. This is what's meant by geographical, demographic, firmographics, and behavioral and psychographics. Because what happens here is each one of these components are very important to you understanding the area that you work in, right? Because everything matters. And, you know, as you dive into these things, you know, we'll cover them more later. You know, we could spend a whole... Uh, training program on this alone, uh, but dive into it a little bit and you will get an understanding of what we mean by this and how you will know how to attract the right buyer or the right seller and how they will know you're the right agent by doing some upfront work on your area, your target market. Um, and you'll be amazed that they'll say, hey, you know, this is great. You're exactly what we need because of the advertisement that you uh, put out there, um, you knew what we wanted. So that's kind of kind of good stuff. Develop a marketing plan and advertising plan. We're going to break this down into two 
categories here. Where will you advertise and what are your strategies? What are your marketing strategies? Where will you advertise? You know, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, what social media platform are you going to advertise on TikTok? What will you be committed to and known for? And then will you do any direct mail? Will you advertise in any publications? Um, <clears throat> will you write any blogs, publish any blogs uh, to try and attract your audience? Marketing strategy, what will be your strategy? You know, we're big with video. Um, will you be targeting referral partners, influencers, events and shows? You may say, what would an agent do at an event? Well, you know, Maryland State Fairgrounds or whatever fairgrounds uh, has a bunch of shows throughout the year. You could set up a booth uh, and, you know, for a weekend and gather a lot of contacts and let them know what you do. Gather pictures and graphics. You know, um, are you thinking about that when, when you have listings or when we're producing content for you? Are you saving it somewhere that you can repurpose it? You know, are you putting it on your computer? You could set up a folder in your email where you save all your collaterals. I mean, you're building a business. You know, you should really, part of your marketing strategy should be saving those great shots, whether they're candid or not. Take a photo of yourself in front of a house. Take a little video. And then marketing collaterals. What kinds of things do you need? You know, we have brochures. Do, here's a good question. Do you save your brochures that we give you? That's a good question. You know, when you have a listing and we do all that nice photography for you and print out a nice color brochure for you, are you saving those? When you go on a listing appointment, are you saying, this is what I do for my clients? You know, are you sending them links to your YouTube? Are you sending them links to your, your 3D tours? And then, you know, creating a task calendar is very important. You want to know when you're going to post it. There's consistency in your posting. Daily plan implementation. Do you have a written daily plan? Master to-do list. You know, one of the things that I do, I don't know about you guys, but I drive down the road and I get these great ideas that come into my head. And um, by the time I get to where I'm going or I think about it again, I forgot what it was. You can put a voice recorder app on your phone, driving down the road, you keep it beside you. You could hit record, speak it, the end of the day, do a recap, add them to your to-do list. One of the things that we say with daily plan implementation is be quick to say no, slow to say yes. You can really clear out the things that you shouldn't be doing by just telling people no thanks. Being consistent, staying focused, and check off your tasks. You know, on the personal side, obviously, you want to make sure that you're spending some good work-life balance and that you're exercising, sleeping well. Tracking, this is just kind of, you know, you can check these off yourself. It gets back to, you know, tracking what you're doing. And then finally, what we talked about, adjusting you know, adjust often and adjust strategically. Um, you know, I've got two sayings that I say a lot. You know, business success can be achieved by being in the right place at the right time, but most importantly, knowing that you're there. One of my mentors kind of led me to that saying that, you know, a lot of times we don't realize we're at the right place at the right time. You know, it just kind of skips us by. And then no matter how far down the road you go when you travel, when you realize it's the wrong way, turn around. I can't tell you how many times, you know, managing people through the years that I hear somebody say, I've come this far. You know, <laughs> you know if, if you're on the wrong track and you're traveling east and you need to go west, I can promise you, 
you're going to run into water before you get to where you're going. You're, you're going to run out. You're not going to make it there, right? And, uh, you know, it reminds me of the cartoon of, you know, the guy filling up with gas asking for directions. And, you know, the guy saying, you know, you're on the wrong road. You can't get there from here. Uh, so, you know, that comes back to reflecting, adjusting. You know, if you're on the wrong path, change it up. Um, you'll still have your experience that you have. Um, no one can take that away from you. You know, our goal, my goal as a manager, as a broker, is to keep you on track, is to get you to where you want to go. Not where I want you to go, but where you want to go and what you want to build for your business. That's my responsibility, you know, to help you with that, to be here for you with that. Um, so that's why we, you know, we spend time breaking all this down. You know, we want you to be great. And, but, but I also know as an entrepreneur, when you're working alone, there's no one to help pull you up. When we're riding the wave up and things are great and sales are happening, man, life is good, right? When it starts going down the other way is where we need lifelines. We need the, we need the, the jacket, the life jacket, right? That's where experience, that's where mentorship, that's where accountability, that's where all that comes into play. That's where sticking together comes into play. Sachs Realty, Maryland broker number 607720, office number 443-318-4514, equal housing opportunity.